Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hi, this is Mark Lintonmeyer from the Partially Examined Life. This is a table reading of No Exit by Jean-Paul Sartre to help folks prepare for listening to the next episode where we will discuss Sartre's existentialism. Hey, my name's Jamie Murray. Let's just get there. Okay? I'm Lucy Lawless. <laughs> and Wes, our regular, is here to play valet number one. I will be playing Estelle Rigol. And I'm oh. going to play um, Inez Serrano, as in the ham, I believe. <laughs> I'll be the ham. <laughs> Yes. Hey, hey, Inez. You're a All right. And I am Garcin, Joseph Garcin. Where did you get number one from with that valet? I just wanted to make your part sound even smaller than it was. Even smaller than it is. And well. more important. You're the most important. You're the primer. It's a pretty good thing I have a small part, though. I'm just going to try and give the least wooden reading I'm capable of. And then... <laughs> yes, we should say that for folks that are maybe just tuning in because they've heard of these ladies' names, Wes and I are not actors. We are today, I should say. We're all actors, darling. We're all actors. (laughs) And I think it's quite amazing that we, four people in different corners of the world, are able to pull themselves together on Christmas Eve and do this. So well done, everyone. Thanks for coming on. And four different accents. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay, shall we uh, begin with our cold read of Jean-Paul Sartre's No Exit? Do you want to introduce the scene, Wes? The scene is hell. And they don't know that though. It's introduced <laughs> gradually. Yeah, you just ruined it. I mean, oh, like, I, gosh. Uh, yeah, that's true. All right. Spoiler alert. I don't mind. Like, I quite like knowing that actually going into it. Where's. Um, I thought what's interesting because we're starting from the beginning of this edit, right? Where it talks about the style of the furniture, the Louis Philippe, and they reference the Second Empire. And I went and Googled it up, and it's very much sort of Adam's family. It's the Bourgeoisie. monster house, you know, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of American Gothic kind of architecture. Yeah. And the, um, it's a mixture of classical and Baroque. Yeah. yeah. Fancy and repellent. And the sofas <laughs> that I saw online were like, almost like in a schwastika, like a three-pronged schwastika. So anyway, that's the style of yes, the, it's kind of American Gothic. Yes, the decor should be enough to make people suffer. Right. <laughs> All right. And the valet and garçon enter and... You don't get to hear the ladies talk for a few pages. Sorry, folks. (laughs) But giggling is fine. (laughs) So, here we are. Yes, Mr. Gossin. And this is what it looks like. Yes. Second Empire furniture, I observe. Well, I uh, dare say one gets used to it in time. Some do. Some don't. Are all the rooms like this one? How could they be? We cater for all sorts. Chinese, Indians. What use would they have for a second empire chair? And what use do you suppose I have for one? Do you know who I was? Ah, well, doesn't matter. To tell you the truth, I have... I had quite a habit of living among furniture I didn't relish, and in false positions. I'd even come to like it. A false position in a Louis-Philippe dining room. You know the style? Well, that has its points, you know. Bullshit in bullshit, so to speak. 
You'll find that living in a Second Empire drawing room has its points. Really? Oh, yeah, I dare say. Still, I certainly didn't expect uh, this. You know what they tell us down there? What about? You know, about this. This uh, residence. Really, sir, how could you believe such cock and bull stories told by people who've never set foot here? For a course, if they had... Yeah, quite so. Where are the instruments of torture? The what? You know, the, the racks, the red-hot pincers, all the other paraphernalia. Ah, uh, you must have your little joke, sir. Uh, my little joke? Uh, I see. No, I wasn't joking. No mirrors, I notice. No windows. Only to be expected. Nothing breakable. Damn it all, they might have left me my toothbrush. <laughs> That's good. So you haven't yet got over your, what do you call it, sense of human dignity? Excuse my smiling. I'll ask you to be more polite. I quite realize the position I'm in, but I won't tolerate this kind of... Sorry, sir. No offense meant. But all our guests ask me the same questions. Silly questions, if you'll pardon my saying so. Where's the torture chamber? That's the first thing they ask, all of them. They don't bother their heads about the bathroom requisites, that I can assure you. But after a bit, when they've got their nerve back, they start in about their toothbrushes and whatnot. Good heavens, Mr. Garcin, can't you use your brains? What, I ask you, would be the point of brushing your teeth? Eh, of course you're right. Why should one want to see oneself in a mirror? But that, uh, that bronze contraption on the mantelpiece, that's another story. Suppose there'll be times when I stare my eyes out at it. Stare my eyes out. See what I mean? All right, let's put our cards on the table. I assure you I'm quite conscious of my position. Shall I tell you what it feels like? A man's drowning. Choking. Sinking by inches till only his eyes are above water. What does he see? A bronze atrocity by... What's the fellow's name? Uh, Barbidion? A collector's piece. As in a nightmare. That's their idea, isn't it? Uh, no, I suppose you're under orders not to answer questions, and I won't insist. But don't forget, my man, I have a good notion of what's coming to me. So don't you boast you've caught me off my guard. I'm facing the situation. Facing it. So that's it. No toothbrush. And no bed, either. One never sleeps, I take it. That's so. Just as I expected. Why should one sleep? Sort of drowsiness steals on you, tickles you behind the ears. You feel your eyes closing, but why sleep? You lie down on the sofa, and in a flash, sleep flies away, miles and miles away. So you rub your eyes, get up, it starts all over again. Romantic. That's what you are. Oh, shut up. I won't make a scene. I shan't be sorry for myself. I'll face the situation, as I said just now. Face it fairly and squarely. I won't have it springing at me from behind before I have time to size it up. You call that being romantic. So it comes to this. One doesn't need rest. Why bother about sleep if one isn't sleepy? That stands to reason, doesn't it? Uh, wait a minute, there's a snag somewhere. Something disagreeable. I see, it's, it's life without a break. What are you talking about? I'm talking about your eyelids. See, we move ours up and down. Blinking, we call it. It's like a small black shutter that clicks up and down and makes a break. Everything goes black... One's eyes are moistened. You can't imagine how restful, refreshing it is. Four thousand little rests per hour. Four thousand little respites. Just think. So that's the idea. I'm to live without eyelids. Eh, don't act a fool. You know what I mean. No eyelids, no sleep. It follows, doesn't it? I shall never sleep again. But then how am I going to stand my own company? Try to understand. You see, I'm fond of teasing. It's a second nature to me, and I'm used to teasing myself. Plaguing myself, if you prefer. I don't tease nicely. 
But I can't just go on doing that without a break. Down there, I had my nights. I slept. I always had good nights. By way of compensation, I suppose. And happy little dreams. There was a green field. Just an ordinary field. I used to stroll in it. Is it daytime now? Can't you see? The lights are on. Yeah, yeah, I've got it. It's your daytime. And outside? Outside? You know what I mean. Beyond that wall. There's a passage. And at the end of the passage? There's more rooms, more passages, and stairs. And what lies beyond them? That's all. Uh, but surely you have a day off sometimes. Where do you go? To my uncle's place. He's the head valet here. He has a room on the third floor. I should have guessed as much. All right, so where's the light switch? There isn't any. Uh, what? Can't one turn off the light? Oh, the management can cut off the current if they want to, but I can't remember their having done so on this floor. We have all the electricity we want. So one has to live with one's eyes open all the time. To live, did you say? Don't let's quibble over words. With one's eyes open. Forever. Always broad daylight in my eyes and in my head. And suppose I took that contraption on the mantelpiece and dropped it on the lamp. Wouldn't it go out? You can't move it. It's too heavy. Oh. Yeah, you're right. It's too heavy. Very well, sir. If you don't need me anymore, I'll be off. What, you're going? Wait, uh, that's a bell, isn't it? And if I ring it, you're bound to come? Well, yes, that's so in a way. But you can never be sure about that bell. There's something wrong with the wiring, and it doesn't always work. That seems to be working all right now. So it is. But uh, I, I shouldn't count on it too much if I were you. It's capricious. Well, I really must go now. Are we... Yes, sir? Oh, never mind. What's this? Can't you see? An ordinary paper knife. A paper knife? Are there books here? No. Then what is the use of this? Yeah, very well, you can go. <sighs> Try the stinking bell. And nothing. And the stinking door is... No. Hey, uh... Hey, mister? Hello? 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 Ah, Jesus. Did you call, sir? No. This is your room, madame. <laughs> if there's any information you require, most of our guests have quite a lot to ask me, but I won't insist. Anyway, as regards the toothbrush and the electric bell and that thing on the mantel shelf, this gentleman can tell you anything you want to know as well as I could. We've had a little chat, him and me. Where's Florence? Didn't you hear I asked you about Florence? Where is she? Uh, no idea. Ah, oh, that's the way it works, is it? Torture by separation. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you won't get anywhere. Florence was a tiresome little fool, and I shan't miss her in the least. Uh, what? Who do you think I am? You? You're the torturer, of course. Um... That's a good one. Too comic for words. I, the torturer. So you came in, had a look at me, and thought I was uh, one of the staff. Mm. Of course, it's that silly fellow's fault. He should have introduced us. A torturer indeed. I'm Joseph Garcin, journalist and man of letters by profession. Mm. 
as we're both in the same boat, so to speak, might I ask you, Mrs. Uh... Not Mrs. I'm unmarried. Uh, right. Okay, that's a start anyway. Well, now that we've broken the ice, do you really think I look like a torturer? By the way, how does one recognize torturers when one sees them? Evidently, you've ideas on the subject. They look frightened. Uh, frightened? That's, uh... Of whom should they be frightened? Of their victims? Laugh away, but I know what I'm talking about. I've often watched my own face in the mirror. In the mirror? Bastards, they removed everything in the least resembling a mirror. Anyhow, I can assure you, I am not frightened. Not that I take my position lightly. I realize its gravity only too well, but I'm not afraid. Well, that's your affair. So, must you be here all the time, or do you take a stroll outside now and then? Uh, the door's locked. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I can quite understand it bores you having me here, and I too, well, quite frankly, I'd rather be alone. I want to think things out, you know, to set my life in order, and one does that better by oneself. But I'm sure we'll manage to pull along together somehow. I'm no talker, don't move much. In fact, I'm a peaceful sort of fellow. Only if I may venture on a suggestion, we should make a point of being extremely courteous to each other. That will ease the situation for us both. I'm not polite. Uh, then I must be polite for two. <sighs> your mouth. Uh, what? Can't you keep your mouth still? You keep like, twisting it all the time. It's <laughs> grotesque. <laughs> so sorry I wasn't aware of that. Well, that's just what I reproach you with. Well, there you are. You talk about politeness and you don't even try to control your face. Remember, you're not alone. You've got no right to inflict the sight of your fear on me. Uh, how about you? Aren't you afraid? Well, what would be the use? There was some point in being afraid before while one still had hope. Yeah, well, there's no more hope, but it's still before. We haven't yet begun to suffer. No, that's so. Well, what's going to happen? Uh, I don't know. I'm waiting. Not the torturer, madam. Oh, I, I, never, I never thought you were. I, I, I thought someone was trying to play a rather nasty trick on me. Is, is anyone else coming? No, madam. No one else is coming. Oh. Then we're to stay by ourselves. The three of us, this gentleman, this lady, and myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is uh, nothing to laugh about here. This is so they're so hideous <laughs> and look how they've been arranged it makes me think of new year's day when i used to sit and visit that boring old aunt of mine aunt mary her house is full of horror like that i suppose each of us has a sofa of his own is that one mine oh, but you can't expect me to sit on that one it'd be too horrible for words i'm in pale blue and it's vivid green would you prefer mine that claret-coloured one, you mean? Yes. Oh, that's very sweet of you, but uh, really, no, I, I don't think it would be that much better. Oh, it's the good of worrying, anyhow. 
We've got to take what comes to us and I'll stick with the green one. The only one that might do at a pinch is that gentleman's. Did you hear, Mr. Garson? Uh, oh, the sofa, you mean? I'm so sorry. Please take it, madam. Thanks. Well, as we're all to live together, I suppose uh, we'd better introduce ourselves. My name's Rigol, Estelle Rigol. And I'm Inez Serrano. Very pleased to meet you. Uh, Joseph Garçon. Do you require me any longer? Oh, no, no, you can go. I'll, I'll ring when I want you. You're very pretty. I wish we had some flowers to welcome you with. Flowers? Yes, I loved flowers. Only they'd fade so quickly here, wouldn't they? It's so stuffy. Oh, well, the great thing is to keep as cheerful as we can, don't you agree? Of course, you too are. Yes. <laughs> Last week, what about you? Oh, I'm quite recent. Huh? Yesterday. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the ceremony's not quite over. The wind's blowing my sister's veil all over the place. She's trying her best to cry. Come, dear, make another effort. That's better. Two tears, two little tears are twinkling under the black veil. <laughs> oh, dear, what a sight Olga looks this morning. She's holding my sister's arm, helping her along. She's not crying, and I don't blame her. Tears always mess one's face up, don't they? Olga was my bosom buddy, you know. So did you suffer much? No, I was um, only half-conscious, mostly. And what was it? Pneumonia. It's over now. They're leaving the cemetery. Goodbye, goodbye. Quite a crowd they are. My husband stayed at home, prostrated with grief, poor man. How about you? Gas stove. Oh. <laughs> and you, Mr. Gasson? Uh, Twelve bullets through my chest. Uh, sorry, I fear I'm not good company among the dead. Oh, please, please, don't use that word. It's so, so crude. It's terribly bad taste. Really. It doesn't mean much, anyhow. Somehow I feel like I, we've never been as much alive as we are now. If we absolutely have got to mention this, this state of things, I suggest we call ourselves... Wait. Absentees. <laughs> have you been absent for long? Uh, about a month. Where do you come from? Rio. I'm from Paris. Have you left anyone down there? Yeah, uh, yes, my wife. Oh. She's uh, waiting at the the entrance of the barracks. She comes there every day. They won't let her in. Now she's trying to peep between the bars. She doesn't know yet I'm I'm absent, but she suspects it. And now she's going away. She's she's wearing a black dress. Oh, so much the better. She won't need to change. She isn't crying, but she never did cry anyhow. It's a bright sunny day, and she's like a black shadow creeping down the empty street. Those big, tragic eyes of hers, that martyred look they always had. Jesus, she got on my nerves. Estelle! Please, Mr. Garçon! Uh, what is it? Your 
sitting on my sofa. Uh, excuse me. You look so, so far away. I'm, I'm sorry I disturbed you. I was, uh, setting my life in order. You may laugh, but you'd do better to follow my example. <laughs> no need. My life's in perfect order. It tidied itself up nicely of its own accord. So I needn't bother about it now. Really? You imagine it's so simple as that? Jeez. It's really hot in here. I think I'm going to take this thing off. Oh, how dare you? No, no, please don't. I loathe men in their shirt sleeves. All right. Of course, I used to spend my nights in the newspaper office. It was a regular black hole. We never kept our coats on. Stiflingly hot it could be. Stifling, that is. It's night now. That's so. Olga's undressing. It must be after midnight. How quickly the time passes on Earth. Yes, after midnight. They've sealed up my room. It's pitch dark and empty. They've strung their coats on the backs of the chairs, rolled up their shirt sleeves above the elbow. The air stinks of men in cigar smoke. I used to like living among men in their shirt sleeves. Well, in that case, our tastes differ. That's all it proves. How about you? Do you like men in their shirt sleeves? No, I don't care much for men anyway. Really? I can't imagine why they put us three together. It doesn't make much sense. What's that you said? Well, I'm, I'm looking at you two and thinking, we're going to live together. It's, it's so absurd. I expected to meet old friends or relatives. Oh, yes, a charming old friend with a hole in the middle of his face. Yes, him too. He danced the tango so divinely, mm. like a professional, but... But why, why should we of all people be put together? Look, it's just a fluke. They lodge folks as they can in the order of their coming. <laughs> uh, are you laughing? Oh, because you amuse me with your flukes as if they left anything to chance. But I suppose you've got to reassure yourself somehow. I wonder now, do you think we may have met each other at some time in our lives? Never. I would never have forgotten you. Or perhaps we have friends in common. I wonder if you know the Dubois Moors. Not likely. But everyone went to their parties. What's their job? Oh, they don't do anything. But they have a lovely house in the country and hosts of people visit them. Oh, I didn't. I'm a post office clerk. Oh, yes. Well, mm. well of course, in that case. Uh, and you, Mr. Garcon? Uh, no, we've never met. I always lived in Rio. Ah, oh, then you must be right. It's mere chance that has brought us together. Mere chance? Then it's by chance this room is furnished as we see it. It's an accident that the sofa on the right is a livid green and the one on the left wine red. Mere chance? Well, just try to shift the sofas and you'll see the difference quick enough. And that statue on the mantelpiece, do you think it's there by accident? And what about the heat here? How about that? I tell you, they've thought it all out, down to the last detail. Nothing was left to chance. This room was all set for us. But really? Everything here is so hideous, all in angles, so uncomfortable. I always loathed angles. And you think I lived in a second empire drawing room? 
So it was all fixed up beforehand. Yes, and they put us together deliberately. Then it's not mere chance that you precisely are sitting opposite me. But what can the idea behind it be? Ask me another. I only know they're waiting. I could never bear the idea of anyone expecting something from me. It always <laughs> made me want to do the opposite. Well, do it. Do it if you can. You don't even know what they expect. It's outrageous. So something's coming to me f- from you two. Something nasty, I suppose. There are some faces that tell me everything at once. Yours don't convey anything. Look, Inez, why are we together? You've given us quite enough hints. You may as well come out with it. But I know nothing, absolutely nothing about it. I'm as much in the dark as you are. We've got to know. If only each of us had the guts to tell one another. Well, tell what? Estelle? Yes? What have you done? I mean, why have they sent you here? Well, that's just it. I haven't a notion, not the foggiest. In fact, I'm wondering if there hasn't been some ghastly mistake. And don't smile. Just think of the number of people who, who become absentees every day. There must be thousands and thousands. And probably they're sorted out by, you know, by jobsworths. You know what I mean. Stupid employees who don't know their job. So they're bound to make mistakes sometimes. Do stop smiling. Why don't you speak? If they made a mistake, in my case, they may have done the same about you. And you too. Anyhow, isn't it better to think that we got here by mistake? Mm-hmm. And is that all you have to tell me? <laughs> what else should I tell? I have nothing to hide. I, I, I lost my parents when I was a kid and... I had my young brother to bring up, and we were terribly, terribly poor. And when an old friend of my people asked me to marry him, I said yes. He was very well off and quite nice. I, my brother was a very delicate child and needed all sorts of attention. So really, that was the right thing for me to do. Don't you agree? My husband was old enough to be my father, but for six years we had a happy happy married life. Then two years ago, I met the man I was fated to love. We knew in the moment we set eyes on each other, he asked me to run away with him and I refused. Then I got pneumonia and it finished me. That's the whole story. No doubt by certain standards, I did wrong to sacrifice my youth to a man nearly three times my age. Do you think that could be called a sin? Yeah, certainly not. And now tell me, do you think it's a crime to stand by one's principles? Of course not. Surely no one could blame a man for that. Wait a minute. I ran a pacifist newspaper. Then war broke out. What was I to do? Everyone was watching me, wondering, will he dare? Well, I dared. I folded my arms, and they shot me. Had I done anything wrong? Wrong? On the contrary, you were... A hero. And what about your wife, Mr. Garcin? That's simple. I'd rescued her from... from the gutter. You see? 
You see? Oh, yes, I see. Look here. What's the point of play acting trying to throw dust in each other's eyes? We're all tarred with the same brush. How dare you? Oh, yes, we are criminals, murderers, all three of us. We are in hell, my pets. They never make mistakes, and people aren't damned for nothing. Stop, for heaven's sake, stop. In hell, damned souls. That's us, all three. Keep quiet. I forbid you to use such disgusting words. A damned soul. That's you, my little plaster saint. And ditto, our friend here, the noble pacifist. Oh, we've had one hour of pleasure, haven't we? Oh, there have been people who've burned their lives out for our sake, and we chuckled over it. So now we've got to pay the reckoning. Would you keep your mouth shut, damn it? Well, well, oh, I understand now. I know why they put us free together. I advise you, just just think twice before you say any more. Wait, you'll see how simple it is. Childishly simple, fiendishly simple. Obviously, there aren't any physical torments. You agree, don't you? And yet, we're in hell, and no one else will come here. We'll stay in this room together, the three of us, forever and ever. In short, there's someone absent here. The official torturer. Yeah, I'd noticed that. Okay, it's obvious what they're after. An economy of manpower, or devil power if you prefer. The same idea as in the cafeteria where the customers serve themselves. What do you mean? I mean that each of us will act as torturer to the two others. Uh, no, 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 no. I shall never be your torturer. I wish neither of you any harm. <laughs> I've no concern with you. None at all. Mm. Look, so the solution is easy enough. Each of us stays put in his or her corner, takes no notice of the other. You here, you here, I there. Like soldiers at our posts. Also, we mustn't speak. Not one word. That won't be difficult. Each of us has plenty of material for self-communing. I think I could stay 10,000 years with only my thoughts for company. Have I got to keep silent, too? Oh... Uh, yes, and that way we will we'll work out our salvation. Looking into ourselves, never raising our heads. Agreed? Agreed. I agree. All right, then. Goodbye. He had one word Excuse me. Have you, have you a mirror? I, any sort of... Any sort of mirror, pocket mirror will do. <sighs> Even if you won't speak to me, you might lend me a glass. Just a mirror. Oh, don't worry, I got a mirror in my bag. Oh, it's gone. Where's my spiegel? Oh, they must have taken it from me at the entrance. Oh, how tiresome. I feel so wobbly. Don't you ever get taken that way? I... When I can't see myself, I begin to wonder if I really and truly exist. I pat myself just to make sure, but it doesn't help much. Oh, you're so lucky. I'm always conscious of myself. In my mind, I'm painfully conscious. Oh, yes, in your mind. But everything that goes on in one's head is so vague, isn't it? Makes one want to sleep. I have six big mirrors in my bedroom. Oh, there they are. I can see them, but they don't see me. They're reflecting the carpet, the settee, the window. But how empty it is. A glass in which I'm absent. When I talk to people, I always made sure that 
there was one nearby in which I could see myself. I, I watched myself talking, and somehow it kept me alert seeing myself as others saw me. Oh, dear, my lipstick. I'm sure I've put it on all crooked. Now I can't do without a looking glass forever and ever. I simply, I simply can't. Okay, suppose I try to be your glass. You, you come and pay me a visit, darling. Here, come snuggle up on the sofa. But, but um, oh, he doesn't count. But we're going to to hurt each other. You said so yourself. Oh, do I look as if I wanted to hurt you? One never can tell. Oh no, much more likely you'll hurt me. Still, what does it matter? If I've got to suffer, it might as well be at your hands, your, your pretty hands. Sit down. Here, come closer. Now, just a little closer. Okay. Now, look into my eyes. Look deeply oh. into my eyes. What do you see? Oh, I'm, I'm there. But so tiny, I can't see myself properly. Oh, yeah, but I can. I can see every inch of you. And now, just ask me some questions. I'll be as candid as any looking glass. Oh, please, Mr. Garçon. Sure, our chatter isn't boring you. Oh, don't worry about him. As I said, he doesn't count. We're by ourselves, so, you know, ask away. Are my lips all right? Oh, show me. Oh, yeah, they're so smudgy. Oh, I thought as much. Luckily, no one's seen me. I'll, I'll try again. Okay, yeah, oh, that's better, yeah. No, you know, follow the line of your lips. Wait, I'll guide your hand. What about... Dear, now, oh, yeah, that's quite good. As good as when I came in. Oh, far better. Crueler. Yeah, your mouth looks quite diabolique that way. Good gracious. When you say it like that, oh, how maddening not being able to see myself. You're quite sure, Miss Serena, that it's all right now? Won't you call me Inez? Are you sure it looks all right? Oh, you're lovelier still. But how can I rely upon your taste? Is it the same as my taste? Oh, oh, how sickening it all is. Enough to drive one crazy. Oh, I have your taste, my dear, because I like you so much. Here, look at me now, straight now. Smile. I'm not so ugly either, am I? Am I not nicer than your glass? Oh, I, I don't know. You scare me, rather. My my reflection in the glass never did that, of course. I, I knew it so well, like something I had tamed. <laughs> I'm going to smile, and my smile will sink down into your pupils. Oh. And, oh. 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 and why shouldn't you tame me? Oh, listen, I want you to call me Inez. Oh, we must be great friends. I don't make friends with women very easily. Not with postal clerks, you mean. Hello. What's that? What's that nasty red spot at the bottom of your cheek? A pimple? A pimple? Oh, how simply foul. Where? Oh, dear, wait. Oh, you know the way the catch locks with a mirror. I'm your lock mirror, my dear. You can't escape me. There isn't any pimple, not even a trace of one. So what about it? Suppose the mirror started telling lies. Or suppose I covered my eyes as he is doing and I refused to look at you and all that loveliness of yours would be wasted on the desert air. No, 
So don't be afraid. I can't help looking at you. I shan't turn my eyes away and I will be nice to you. Ever so nice. Only you must be nice to me too. Are you really attracted by me? Uh, yeah, very much indeed. <laughs> but I wish he'd notice me too. Oh, of course, because he's a man. You've won. Oh, but look at her, damn it. Don't pretend. You haven't missed a word of what we've said. Yeah, quite so. Not a word. I stuck my fingers in my ears, but your voice has thuddered in my brain. Silly chatter. Now, will you leave me in peace, you two? I'm not interested in you. Oh, not in me, perhaps. But how about this child? Aren't you interested in her? Oh, I saw through your game. You got on your high horse just to impress her. I asked you to leave me in peace. There's someone talking about me in the newspaper office. I want to listen. If it make you any happier, let me tell you that I have no use for the child, as you call her. Thanks. Uh, look, I didn't mean it rudely. <laughs> you cad. So that's that. You know, I begged you not to speak. It's her fault. She started. I didn't ask anything of her, and she came and offered me her, her, her looking glass. Oh, so you say, but all the time you are making up to him, trying to every trick to catch his attention. Well, why shouldn't I? You are batshit crazy, both of you. Don't you see where this is leading us? For God's sake, keep your mouth sh shut. Now let's, let's sit down again, quite quietly. We'll look at the floor, and each must try to forget that the others are there. Oh, to forget about the others. How utterly absurd I feel you there in every pore. Your silence clamors in my ears. You can nail up your mouth and cut your tongue out, but you can't prevent your being there. Can you stop your thoughts? I hear them ticking away like a clock. Tick-tock, 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 and I'm certain you hear mine. Oh, it's all very well skulking on your sofa, but you're everywhere and the sound comes to me soiled. Soiled, I tell you, because you've intercepted it on its way. Oh, yeah. Why? You've even stolen my face. You know it, and I don't. And what about her? What about Estelle? You've stolen her from me, too. If she and I were alone, do you suppose she would treat me as she does? No. You take your hands from your face. I won't leave you in peace, and that would suit your book too well. You'd go on sitting there in some sort of trance like a yogi, and even if I didn't see her, I'd feel it in my bones that she was making, making every sound, even the rustle of her dress for your benefit, and throwing you smiles you didn't see. Well, I won't stand for that. I prefer to choose my hell. I prefer to look you in the eyes and fight it out face to face. Oh, have it your own way. I suppose we were bound to come to this. They knew what they were about, and we're easy game. If they put me in a room with men, men can keep their mouths shut. Yeah, but it's no use wanting the impossible. So I attract you, little girl. It seems you were uh, making eyes at me. Don't touch me. Why not? We might anyhow be natural. Oh. Do you know I used to be mad about women, and some were fond of me. So we may as well stop posing. We've nothing to lose. Why trouble about politeness, decorum, the rest of it? We're between ourselves, and presently we shall be naked as as newborn babes. Oh, let me be. As newborn babes. Well, well, I'd warned you anyhow. I asked so little of you, nothing but a little peace, a little silence. I'd put my fingers in my ears. Gomez. Gomez was spouting away as usual, standing in the center of the room, with all the pressmen listening in their shirt sleeves. 
I tried to hear, but it wasn't easy. Things on earth move so, so quickly, you know. Couldn't you have held your tongues? Well, now it's over. He stopped talking. What he thinks of me has gone back into his head. We've got to see it through somehow. Naked as we were born. So much the better. I want to know whom I have to deal with. Well, you know already, there's nothing more to learn. You are wrong. So long as each of us hasn't made a clean breast of it, why they've damned him or her, we know nothing. Nothing that counts. You, young lady, you shall begin. Why? Tell us why. If you're frank, if we bring our specters into the open, it may save us from disaster. So out with it. Why? I, I, I tell you, I haven't a notion that, that they wouldn't tell me. They wouldn't tell me why. Yeah, that's so they wouldn't tell me either, but I have a pretty good idea. Perhaps you're shy of speaking first? Right. I'll lead off. I'm not a very estimable person. No need to tell us that. We know you're a deserter. Yeah, let that be. It's only a side issue. I'm here because I treated my wife abominably. That's all. For five years. Naturally, she's suffering still. There she is. The moment I mention her, I see her. It's Gomez who interests me, and it's her I see. Where's Gomez got to? For five years. Oh, there. They've, they've uh, given her back my things. She's sitting in the window with my coat on her knees. It's the coat with the twelve bullet holes. The blood's like rust. A brown ring around each hole. It's quite a museum piece, that coat. Scarred with history, and I used to wear it. Fancy. Ah, can't you shed a tear, my love? Surely you'll squeeze one out at, uh... At last? No. Can't manage it. Night after night, I came home blind drunk, stinking of wine and women. She'd sat up for me, of course. But she never cried, never uttered a word of reproach. Only her eyes spoke. Big, tragic eyes. I don't regret anything. I must pay the price, but I won't whine about it. It's it's snowing in the street. Won't you cry, confound you? That woman was a born martyr, you know. A victim by vocation. Why did you hurt her like that? It was so easy. A word was enough to make her flinch, like a sensitive plant. But never, never a reproach. I'm fond of teasing. I watched, I waited, but no. Not a tear. Not a protest. I picked her up out of the gutter, you understand. Now now she's, she's stroking the coat. Her eyes are shut, and she's feeling with her fingers for the bullet holes. What are you after? What do you expect? I tell you, I regret nothing. The truth is, she admired me too much. Does that mean anything to you? No. Nobody admired me. So much the better. So much the better for you. I suppose all this strikes you as very vague. Well, here's something you can get your teeth into. I brought... A 19-year-old girl to stay at our house. My wife slept upstairs. She must have heard everything. She was an early riser, and uh, as I and the girl stayed in bed late, she served us our morning coffee. You're a brute. Yeah, brute, if you like, but a well-beloved brute. Uh, no, it's nothing. Only Gomez, he's not talking about me. What were you saying? Oh, yes, a brute. Certainly. Why else should I be here? Your turn. Well... I was what some people down here called a damned bitch. Damned already, so it's no surprise being here. Is that all you have to say? No. There was that affair with Florence, a dead man's tale, with three corpses to it. He to start with, then she and I, so there's no one left. I've nothing to worry about. It was a clean sweep. 
Only that room. I, I see it now and then. Empty as the door's locked. Oh, no, they just unlocked them. Too late. It's too late. There's a notice on the door. That's too ridiculous. Three. Three deaths, you said? Three. One man, two women. Yes. Well, well. so did he kill himself? He? Oh, no, he hadn't the guts for that. Still, he did every reason we led him a dog's life. As a matter of fact, he was run over by a tram, a silly sort of end. I was living with him. He was my cousin. Oh, Florence. Was Florence, uh, fair? Fair? Oh, you know, I don't regret a thing. Still, I'm not so very keen on telling you the story. That's all right. So you got sick of him? Quite gradually. All sorts of things got on my nerves. For instance, he made a noise when he was drinking, a sort of gurgle, you know, trifles like that. He was rather pathetic, really. Vulnerable. Why are you smiling? Because I, anyhow, am not vulnerable. Oh, don't you be too sure. I crept inside her skin. She saw the world through my eyes, and then she left him. I had her on my hands, which share a bed-sitting room at the other end of the town. And then? Then that tram did its job. I used to remind her every day, Yes, my pet, we killed him between us. I'm rather cruel, actually. Yes, so am I. Oh, no, you're not cruel. It's something else. Uh, what? I'll tell you later. When I say I'm cruel, I mean I can't get on without making people suffer. Like a live coal. A live coal in others' hearts. When I'm alone, I flicker out. For six months, I flamed away in her heart till there was nothing left but a cinder. And then one night she got up and turned on the gas while I was asleep. And then she crept back into bed. So now you know. Well, well. <laughs> yes. So what's in your mind? Nothing. Only that it's not a pretty story. Yeah, so what does it matter? As you say, what does it matter? Your turn. What have you done? As I told you, I haven't a notion. I, I, I rack my brain, but it's, it's no use. Right. Then we'll give you a hand. That fellow with the smashed face, who was he? Who? Oh, well, you who, know, you, who one, do you mean? You know, the guy you were so scared of seeing when you came in. Oh, him. Well, a, fr a friend of mine. And why were you afraid of him? Well, that's my business, Mr. Garçon. Did, did he shoot himself on your account? Of course not. Look how absurd you are. Then why should you have been so scared? He blew his brains out, didn't he? That's how his face got smashed. Don't! Please don't go on now. Because of you. Because of you. Oh, he shot himself because of you. Leave me alone. Oh. It's, it's not fair bullying me like that. I want, I want to go. I, I just I want to go. Hey, go if you can. Personally, I ask for nothing better. Unfortunately, the door's locked. Oh, you're hateful, both of you. Hateful? Oh, yes, that's the word. Now get on with it. That fellow killed himself on your account. You were his mistress, right? Of course she was. And he wanted to have her to himself alone. Yeah. That's so, isn't it? He danced the tango like a professional, but he was poor as a church mouse. That's right, isn't it? Was he poor or not? Give me a straight answer. Yes. He was poor. Okay, and you had your reputation to keep up. One day he came and implored you to run away with him, and you laughed in his face. Oh, that's it, yeah. You laughed at him, and so he killed himself. 
Did you used to look at Florence that way? Yes. You've got it all wrong, you two. He wanted me to have a baby. So there. You didn't want one? I certainly didn't. But the baby came, worse luck. I went to Switzerland for five months. No one knew anything. It was a girl. Roger was with me when she was born. Pleased him no end having a daughter. It didn't please me. And then? There was a balcony overlooking the lake. I brought a big stone. He could see what I was up to and he kept on shouting, Estelle, for God's sake, don't. I hated him then. He saw it all. He was leaning over the balcony. He saw the rings spreading on the water. And then? That's all. I came back to Paris and he did as he wished. You mean he blew his brains out? It was absurd of him, really. My husband never suspected anything. Oh, oh, how I love you all. Ah, nothing doing. Tears don't flow in this place. I, I'm a coward. A coward. If you knew how I hate you. Oh, you poor child. So the hearing's over. But there's no need to look like a hanging judge. A hanging judge? I'd give a lot to be able to see myself in a mirror. Jesus, it is hot in here. I'm taking this off. Oh, sorry. Don't bother. You can stay in your shirt sleeves as things are. Just, just so. Listen, you mustn't be angry with me, Estelle. I'm not, I'm not angry with you. Well, what about me? Are you angry with me? Yes, yes, I am, actually. Oh, well, Mr. Garçon, now you have us in the nude, all right. Do you understand things any better for that? I wonder. Yes, uh, a trifle better. And now I suppose we start trying to help each other. I don't need help. Inez, they've laid their snare damned cunningly, like a cobweb. If you make any movement, if you raise your hand to fan yourself, Estelle and I feel a little tug. Alone, none of us can save himself or herself. We're linked together inextricably. So you can take your choice. Hello? What's happened? Oh, they've let it! They've let it! The flat, the windows are all open wide. A man is sitting on my bed. My bed, if you please. They've let it. Let it. Oh, step in, step in, make yourself at home, you brute. Oh, there's a woman, too. She's going up to him, putting her hands on his shoulders. Oh, damn it, why don't they turn the lights on? It's getting dark, and now he's going to kiss her. But that's my room, my room. Pitch dark now. I can't see anything, but I can hear them whispering, whispering. Is he going to make love to her on my bed? That's what she said. Oh, what's, what's that she said? That it's noon and the sun is shining. Well, I must be going blind, blacked out. I can't see or hear a thing. I'm, so I'm done with the earth, it seems. No more alibis for me. I feel so empty, desiccated, really Dead at last, all of me's here in this room. Uh, 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 what were you saying? Something about helping me, was it? Yes. Helping me to what? To defeat their devilish tricks. 
Oh, yeah? And what do you expect me to do in return? To help me. It only needs a little effort, Inez, just a spark of human feeling. Oh, human feeling, that's beyond my range. I'm rotten to the core. And how about me? All the same, suppose we try. It's no use. I'm all dried up. I can't give and I can't receive. How could I help you? My dead twig ready for burning. And Florence was fair, unnatural blonde. Do you realize that this young woman's fated to be your torturer? Yeah, well, perhaps I've guessed it. Well, it's through her they'll get you. I, of course, I'm different. Aloof. I take no notice of her. Suppose you had a try. Yes? It's a trap. They're watching you to see if you'll fall into it. I know, and you're another trap. Do you think they haven't foreknown every word you say? And of course, there's a whole nest of pitfalls that we can't see. Everything here is a booby trap. But what do I care? I'm a booby trap too for her, obviously, and perhaps I'll catch her. Know what I mean? Yeah, you won't catch anything. We're, we're chasing after each other, round and round in a vicious circle like horses on a carousel. That's part of their plan, of course. Just drop it, Inez. Open your hands, let go of everything, or else you'll bring disaster on all three of us. Do I look like the sort of person who lets go? I know what's coming to me. I'm going to burn, and it's going to last forever. Oh, yes, I know everything. But do you think I'll let go? Oh, I'll catch her. She'll see you through my eyes as Florence saw that other man. What's the good of trying to enlist my sympathy? I assure you, I know everything. And I can't feel sorry, even for myself. A trap? Don't I know it? And that I'm a in a trap myself, up to the neck, but there's nothing that can be done about it. And if it suits their book, so much the better. Well, I, anyhow, can feel sorry for you, too. Look at me. We're naked. Naked right through. I can see into your heart. That's one link between us. Do you think I'd want to hurt you? I don't regret anything. I'm dried up too. But for you, I can still feel pity. Well, don't. I hate being poured about. And keep your pity for yourself. Don't forget, Garçon, that there are traps for you too in this room. All nicely set for you. You'd, you'd do better to watch your own interests. But if you will leave us in peace... This child and me, I'll see I don't do you any harm. Okay. Please, Garçon. What do you want of me? You can help me, anyhow. If you want help, apply to her. I employ you, Garçon. You gave me your promise, didn't you? Help me quick. I don't want to be left alone. Olga's taken him to a, a cabaret. Taken who? Peter. Oh, now they're dancing together. Who's Peter? Such a silly boy. He called me his glancing stream, just fancy. He was terribly in love with me. She's persuaded him to come out with her tonight. Do you love him? They're sitting down now. She's puffing like an elephant. <laughs> what a fool the girl is to insist on dancing. But I dare say she does it to... Lose weight. No, of course I don't love him. He's only 18. I'm not a baby snatcher. Then why bother about him? What difference does it make? He belonged to me. Well, nothing on earth belongs to you anymore. I tell you, he was mine. All mine. Oh, yes, he was yours once. But now, you try to make him hear, try to touch him. 
Olga can touch him, talk to him as much as she likes. Well, that's so, isn't it? She can squeeze his hands and rub herself against him. Oh, yes, look! She's pressing her great fat chest against him, puffing and blowing in his face. But my poor little lamb, can't you see how ridiculous she is? Why don't you laugh at her? Oh, once I'd only have had to glance at them and she'd have slunk away. Is there really nothing? Nothing left of me. Nothing whatever. Nothing of you is left on earth. Not even a shadow. All you own is here. Would you like the paper knife? Or that ornament on the mantelpiece? Oh, that blue sofa is yours. And I, my darling, I am yours forever. You mine? That's good. <laughs> or which of you two would dare call me his glancing stream, his crystal girl? You know too much about me. You know I'm rotten through and through. Peter, dear, think of me. Fix your thoughts on me and save me. All the time you're thinking my glancing stream, my crystal girl. I'm only half here. I'm only half wicked. And half of me is down there with you, clean and bright and crystal clear as running water. Oh, just look at her face. It's scarlet like a tomato. Oh, no, it's absurd. We've laughed at her together, you and I, often and often. What's that tune? Oh, oh, I always loved it. Yes, the St. Louis Blues. Oh, all right, dance away, dance away. Kassan, I wish you could see her. You'd die of laughing. <laughs> Only she'll never know I see her. Yes, I see you, Olga, with your hair all anyhow. You do look like a dope, my dear. Oh, now you're treading on his toes. Oh, it's a scream. Hurry up. Quicker, quicker. He's dragging her along, bundling her round and round. Oh, it's too ghastly. He always says I was so light. He loved to dance with me, I tell you. Olga, I can see you. <laughs> no, she doesn't care. She's dancing through my gaze. What's that? Was that you said? Oh, our poor dear Estelle. Oh, look, such a humbug. You didn't even shed a tear at the funeral. And she has the nerve to talk to him about her poor dear friend Estelle. How dare you disgust me with Peter? Now then, keep time. <laughs> Keep time. She never could dance and talk at once. Oh, what's that? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't tell him. Please. Please don't tell him. You you can keep him. Do what you like with him. But please don't tell him about that. All right. You can have him now. Isn't it foul, Gerson? She told him everything about Roger, about my trip to Switzerland, the baby. Oh, I still wasn't exactly... No, I wasn't exactly. True enough. He's looking grave, shaking his head. He doesn't seem so much surprised. Not what one would expect. Keep him then. I won't haggle with you over his long eyelashes, his pretty girlish face. They're yours for the asking. His glancing stream is crystal. Well, the crystal's shattered into bits. Poor Estelle. Dance, 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 on with it. But do keep time. One, two, one, two. 
Oh, how I'd love to go down to Earth just for a moment and dance with him like that again. Oh, the music's growing fainter. They've turned the, down the lights, as they do for tango. Why are they playing so softly? Louder, please! I can't hear! So far away, so far away. I, I can't hear a sound. It's over. It's the end. The earth has left me. Don't turn away from me, please. Take me in your arms. Now then, Garson. It's to her you should say that. Don't turn away. You're a man, aren't you? And surely I'm not a fright as all that. Everybody says I've lovely hair and all that. And, and after all, a man killed himself on my account. You have to look at something. There's nothing here to see except sofas and that awful ornament on the table. Surely I'm better to look at than a lot of stupid furniture. Listen, I've dropped out of their heart like a sparrow fallen from its nest. So gather me up, dear. Hold me, fold me in your heart. You'll see how nice I can be. Ugh. I tell you, it's to that lady you should speak. To her? She doesn't count. She's a woman. Oh, I don't count. Is that what you think? Oh, but my poor little fallen nestling you've been sheltering in my heart for ages, though you didn't realize it. Don't be afraid. I'll keep looking at you forever and ever without a flutter of my eyelids and you'll live in my gaze like a moat in a sunbeam. A sunbeam, indeed. Don't talk such rubbish. You've tried that trick already, and you should know it doesn't work. Estelle, my glancing stream, my crystal. Your crystal is grotesque. Do you think you can fool me with that sort of talk? Everyone knows by now what I did to my baby. The crystal's shattered, but I don't care. I'm just as hollow as a dummy. All that's left of me is on the outside, but it's not for you. No. Come to me, Estelle. You shall be whatever you like. A glancing stream, a muddy stream, and, and deep down in my eyes you'll see yourself as you want to be. Oh, leave me in peace. You haven't any eyes. Oh, damn it. There isn't there anything I can do to get rid of you. I have an idea. <laughs> there. Garçon, this is your fault. You'll pay for this. So it's a man you need. Not any man. Oh. Eh, no bullshit now. Any man would do your business. As I happen to be here, you want me. Right. Well, I'm not your sort at all, really. I'm not a young nincompoop. I don't dance the tango. I'll take you as you are. And perhaps I shall change you. I doubt it. I won't pay much attention. I have other things to worry about. Oh, what things? And they wouldn't interest you. I'll sit on your sofa and wait for you to take some notice of me. I promise not to bother you at all. Oh, oh that's right. You fawn on him like the silly bitch you are. You, you grovel and you cringe and he hasn't even got good looks to recommend him. Oh, don't listen to her. She has no eyes, no ears. She's nothing. <laughs> I'll give you what I can. It doesn't amount to much. Won't love you. I know you too well. Do you want me? Anyhow. Yes. I ask no more. In that case. Oh, 
Step Garçon, you must be going crazy. You're not alone. I'm here too. Yeah, of course. What does it matter? Right before my eyes. Oh, you couldn't. You couldn't do it. Why not? I've often undressed with my maid looking on. Oh my God, let her alone. Don't pour her with your dirty man hands. Look, take care. I am no gentleman. I'd have no compunction about striking a woman. Oh, but you promised me. You promised me. I'm only asking you to keep your word. Yeah, why should I? You were the first to break our agreement. <laughs> okay, you have it your own way. I'm the weaker party. It's one against two, but but you, don't you forget I'm here and I'm watching and I shan't take my eyes off you, Garçon. When you're kissing her, you're, you're feeling boring into you. Yeah, you have it your own way. You make love and you get it over with. Fair in hell. But my turn will come. Now then, your lips. You give me your lips. Oh. Uh, um. Really? Tell you not to pay attention to her. You're ignoring me. Look, you got it wrong. It's it's Gomez. He's back in the press room. They've shut the windows. It must be winter down there. Six months. Six months since I. Well, I warned you I'd be absent-minded sometimes, didn't I? Look, they're shivering. They've kept their coats on. Funny they should feel cold like that when I'm feeling so hot. Uh, this time he's talking about me. Is it going to last long? You might as well tell me what you're saying. Nothing. Nothing worth repeating. He's a swine, that's all. Goddamn bloody swine. Let's come back to... to ourselves. Are you going to love me? I wonder now. Will you trust me? What a quaint thing to ask. Considering you'll be under my eyes all the time. and I don't think I have much to fear from Inez. <laughs> As far as you're concerned. <laughs> Obviously. I was uh, thinking of another kind of trust. Oh, talk away, talk away, you swine. I'm not there to defend myself. Estelle, you must give me your trust. Oh, what a nuisance you are. I'm giving you my mouth, my arms, my whole body. And everything could be so simple. My trust? I haven't any to give, I'm afraid. And you're making me feel terribly embarrassed. You must have something pretty ghastly on your conscience to make such a fuss about my trusting you. They shot me. I know, because you refused to fight. Well, why shouldn't you? Look, I... I didn't exactly refuse. I must say he talks well. He makes a, a good case against me. But he never says what I should have done instead. Should I have gone to the general and said, uh, Hey, general, I decline to fight. They've promptly locked me up. But I wanted to show my colors, my true colors, do you understand? I wasn't going to be silent, so I... Look, I took the train. They caught me at the frontier. Where were you trying to go? To Mexico. I meant to launch a pacifist newspaper down there. Why don't you speak? Well, what could I say? You acted quite rightly, as you didn't want to fight. But, darling, how on earth can I guess what you want me to answer? Can't you guess? Well, I can. He wants you to tell him that he bolted like a lion, for bolt he didn't. That's what's bothering him. Bolted, went away. We won't quarrel over words. You had to run away. If you'd stayed, they'd have sent you to jail, wouldn't they? Of course. Well, Estelle, am I a coward? Oh, how can I say? 
Don't be so unreasonable, darling. I can't put myself in your skin. You must decide that for yourself. Yeah, yeah, but I can't decide. Whoa. Anyway, you must remember, you must have had reasons for acting as you did. I did. Well? Were they the real reasons? Oh, you have a twisted mind. That's your trouble, plaguing yourself over such trifles. Look, I, I thought it all out. I wanted to make a stand. But was that my real motive? Exactly. That's the question. What was your real motive? No doubt you argued it out with yourself. You weighed the pros and cons. You found good reasons for what you did. But fear and hatred and all the dirty little instincts one keeps dark, well, they're motives too. So carry on, Mr. Garçon, and try to be honest with yourself for once. Do I really need you to tell me that? Day and night, I paced myself from the window to the door, from the door to the window. I pried into my heart. I sleuthed myself like a detective. By the end of it, I felt as if I'd given my whole life to introspection. But always, I harked back the one thing certain, that I had acted as I did. I'd taken the train to the frontier. Why? Why? I, finally, I thought, my death will settle it. If I face death courageously, I'll prove I'm no coward. And how did you face death? Miserably. Rottenly. It was only a physical lapse. It might happen to anyone. I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> only everything's been left in suspense forever. Come here, Estelle. Look at me. I want to feel someone looking at me while they're talking about me on Earth. I like your green eyes. Ugh, green eyes. Would you listen to him? And you, Estelle, how do you like cowards? Oh, if you knew how little I care. Coward or hero, it's all one. Provides he kisses well. There they are, slumped in their chairs, sucking at their cigars. Bored they look, half asleep. They're thinking Garçon's a coward. But only vaguely, dreamily, one's got to think of something. That chap Garçon was a coward. That's what they've decided, those dear friends of mine. In six months they'll be saying, cowardly is that skunk Garçon. You're lucky, you two. No one on earth is giving you another thought, but I... I am long in dying. What about your wife, Garçon? How oh, didn't I tell you? She's dead. Dead? Yeah, she died just now, about two months ago. <laughs> of grief? What else should she die of? So all is for the best, you see. The war is over, my wife's dead, I've carved out my place in history. My poor darling, look at me. Please look, touch me. Touch me. There. Keep your hand there. Oh, no, don't move. I trouble what those men are thinking. They'll die off one by one. Forget them. There's only me now. But they won't forget me. Not them. They'll die, but others will come after them to carry on the legend. I've left my fate in their hands. Oh, you think too much. That's your trouble. What else is there to do now? I was a man of action once. If only could be with them again for just one day, I'd fling their lie in their teeth. But I'm locked out. They're passing judgment on my life without troubling about me, and they're right, because I'm dead. Dead and done with. A back number. Gosson! Still there? Oh. Now listen. I want you to do me a service. Now don't shrink away. I know it must seem strange to you, having someone ask you for help. You're not used to that. No. But if you'll make the effort, if you'll only will it hard enough, I dare say, we can really love each other. Oh. 
Look at it this way. A thousand of them are proclaiming I'm a coward. What do numbers matter? If there's someone, just one person, to say quite positively, I did not run away, that I'm not the sort who runs away, that I'm brave and decent and all the rest of it, well, that one person's faith would save me. Will you have that faith in me? And I should love you and cherish you forever. Estelle, will you? Oh, you silly man. Do you think I could love a coward? <laughs> uh, but just now you said... Oh, I was only teasing you. I like men, my darling, who are real men with tough skin and strong hands. You haven't a coward's chin or a coward's mouth or a coward's voice or a coward's hair. And it's for your mouth, your hair, your voice I love. Do you mean this? Really mean it? Shall I swear it? Then I snap my fingers at them all, those below and those in here. Estelle, we shall climb out of hell. <laughs> What's that? She doesn't mean a word of what she says. How can you be such a simpleton? Estelle, am I a coward? As if she cared a damn either way. Inez, how dare you? Don't listen to her. If you want me to have faith in you, you must begin by trusting me. That's right, that's right. Trust away. She wants a man. She wants a man that far you can trust her. She wants a man's arm around her waist, a man's smell, ugh, a man's eyes glowing with desire. That's all she wants. She'll assure you you are God Almighty if she thought it would give you pleasure. Estelle, is this true? Oh. Answer me. Is it true? Well, well, what do you expect me to say? Do you realize how maddening it is to have to answer questions one can't make head nor tail of? You do make things difficult. Anyhow, I'd love you just the same, even if you were a coward. Isn't that enough? You disgust me, both of you. <laughs> what, are you what are you up to? I'm going. Ah, oh, you won't get far. The door's locked. I'll make them open it. Oh, please. Please don't go. Oh, don't worry, my pet. The belt doesn't work. I tell you, they will open it. I can't endure it any longer. I'm through with you both. Go away. You, Estelle, you're even fouler than she is. I won't let myself <gasps> get bogged in your eyes. You're soft and slimy, uh, like an octopus, like a, a quagmire. Oh, I beg you. I beg you. Please don't leave me. I'll promise not to speak again. I, I won't trouble you in any way, but don't go. I can't be left alone with a nurse now that she's shown her claws. Look after yourself. I never asked you to come here. Oh, how mean you are. Yes, it's quite true. You are a coward. Well, my little sparrow fallen from the nest, I hope you're satisfied now. You spat in my face, playing up to him, of course, and we had a tiff on his account, but he's going, and good riddance it will be. We two women will have the place to ourselves. You won't gain anything by it. And if that door opens, I'm going too. Where? I don't care where. As far from you as I can. Open the door. Open. Damn you. I'll endure anything. Your red hot tongs, your molten lead, your racks, prongs, garrots, all your fiendish gadgets, everything that burns and flays and tears. I'll put up with any torture you impose. Anything would be better than this, this agony of mine, this creeping pain that gnaws and fumbles and caresses one and never hurts quite enough. Now, will you open? Well, Garcin, you're free to go. I wonder why that door opened. 
What are you waiting for? Hurry up, go. I won't go. And you are still? So what? Which shall it be? Which of the three of us will leave? The barrier is down, so why are we waiting? Ugh, what a situation. It's a scream. We're inseparables. Inseparables? Gosson, come, lend me a hand. Quickly, we'll push her out and slam the door on her. That will teach her a lesson. Nope. Estelle, I beg you, let me stay. No, I won't go. I won't go into the past. Just let go of her. Oh, you're crazy. She hates you. It's because of her I'm staying here. Because of me? All right, shut the door. It's, it's ten times hotter in here since it opened. Because of me, you said? Yes. You, anyhow, know what it means to be a coward. Yes, I know. And you know what wickedness is, and shame, and fear. There were days when you peered into yourself, into the secret places of your heart, and what you saw there made you faint with horror. And the next day, you didn't know what to make of it. You couldn't interpret the horror you'd glimpsed the day before. Yes, you know what evil costs. And when you say I'm a coward, you know from experience what that means. Is that so? Yes. So it's you whom I have to convince. You are of my kind. Did you suppose I meant to go? No, I couldn't leave you here, gloating over my defeat with all those thoughts about me running in your head. Do you really wish to convince me? That's the one and only thing I wish for now. I can't hear them any longer, you know. Probably that means they're through with me, for good and all. The curtain's down, nothing of me is left on earth, not even the name of coward. So Inez, we're alone. Only you two remain to give a thought to me. And she, she doesn't count. It's you who matter. You who hate me. If you'll have faith in me, I'm saved. It won't be easy. You have a look at me. I'm a hard-headed woman. I'll give you all the time that's needed. Oh, yeah, we've got lots of time. Lots of time in hand, all time. Listen. Each man has an aim in life, a leading motive. That's so, isn't it? Well, I didn't give a damn for wealth or for love. I aimed at being a real man. A tough, as they say. I staked everything on the same horse. Can one possibly be a coward when one's deliberately courted danger at every turn? And can one judge a life by a single action? Yeah, why not? For 30 years you dreamt you were a hero and condoned a thousand petty lapses because a hero, of course, can do no wrong. An easy method, obviously. Then a day came when you were up against it, the red light of real danger, and you took the train to Mexico. I dreamt, you say. Now it's no dream. When I chose the hardest path, I made my choice deliberately. A man is what he wills himself to be. Oh, yeah, prove it. Prove it was no dream. It's what one does and nothing else that shows the stuff one's made of. I died too soon. I, I wasn't allowed time to... to do my deeds. Yeah, one always dies too soon. Or too late. And yet one's whole life is complete at that moment with a line drawn neatly under it, ready for the summing up. You are your life, nothing else. What a poisonous woman you are. With an answer for everything. Oh, now then, don't lose heart. It shouldn't be so hard convincing me. I mean, pull yourself together, man. Rake up some arguments. Oh, wasn't I right when I said you were vulnerable? Now you're going to pay the price, and what a price. 
You're a coward, Gaston, because I wish it. I wish it, do you hear? I wish it. And yet, just look at me. You see how weak I am. I'm a mere breath on the air, a gaze observing you, a formless thought that thinks you. Ugh, they're open now, those big hands, those coarse man's hands. But what do you hope to do? You can't throttle my thoughts with hands, so you've got no choice. You must convince me. And you're at my mercy. Garçon. What? Revenge yourself. How? Kiss me, darling. Then you'll hear her squeal. That's true, Inez. I'm at your mercy, but you're at mine as well. Oh, you coward, you weakling, running to women to console you. Oh, that's right, Inez. Squeal away. What a lovely pair you make. If you could see this, his big paw splayed out on your back, rucking up mm. your skin and creasing the silk. You be careful, though. He's sweating. His hand will leave a big blue stain on your dress. <laughs> squeal away, Inez. Squeal away. Hug me tight, darling. Try to still. That'll finish her off and a good thing, too. Uh, yeah, Gasson. She's right. Carry on with it. Press her to you till you feel your bodies melting into each other. A lump of warm, throbbing flesh. Love's a grand solace, isn't it, my friend? Deep and dark as sleep. But I see you don't sleep. Don't listen to her. Press your lips to my mouth. Oh, I'm yours, yours, yours. Well, what are you waiting for? Do as you're told. What a lovely scene. Coward Garcin holding baby killer Estelle in his manly arms. <gasps> Take your bets, everybody. Will Coward Garcin kiss the lady or won't he dare? What's the bet? I'm watching you. Everybody's watching. I'm in a crowd all by myself. Do you hear the crowd? Do you hear the muttering Garcin? Coward, coward. That's what they're saying. It's no use trying to escape. I'll never let you go. What do you hope to get from her silly lips? Forgetfulness? But I shan't forget you. Not I. It's I you must convince. So, come to me. I'm waiting. Come along now. Oh, Look how obedient he is, like a well-trained dog who comes when his mistress calls. You can't hold him, and you never will. All night never come. Never. You will always see me. Always. This bronze. Yes, now's the moment. I'm looking at this thing on the mantelpiece, and I understand I'm in hell. I tell you, everything's been thought out beforehand. They knew I'd stand at the fireplace stroking this thing of bronze with all those eyes intent on me. Devouring me. What? But only two of you? I thought there were more. Many more. So this is hell. I'd never have believed it. You remember all we were told about the torture chambers, the fire and brimstone, the burning marl, old wives' tales. There's no need for red-hot pokers. Hell is other people. Oh, my darling, please. No, let, let me be. She's between us. I can't love you while she's watching. <laughs> right. Well, in that case, I'll stop her watching with this paper knife. Oh, put oh. it down. Oh. <laughs> but you crazy bitch, what do you think you're doing? You know perfectly well. I'm dead. Dead? Yeah, dead, dead, dead. Knives, poison, ropes, useless. It happened already. Do you understand once and for all? So, here we are. Forever. Forever? Oh, my God, how funny. 
Forever. Forever and ever and ever. Well, well, let's get on with it. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Be sure to check out the next Partially Examined Life episode where we discuss Sartre's existentialism. Special, special overwhelming thanks to Jamie Murray and Lucy Lawless for agreeing to do this with us, making my little actor dreams come true. If you'd like to go back and read the play, go to partiallyexaminedlife.com. And if you become a Partially Examined Life citizen, you get access to our member site where I'll be posting a short sort of blooper reel from this recording that will include some of our chatter before and after the podcast. PEL citizens can also sign up for our not-school groups, which includes right now one that I'm leading to read Sartre's novel, Nausea. So it's not too late to sign up for that. Oh, and what you're about to hear is a song that I wrote especially for this recording. Good night. So this is it. This is what it's like. It's not like we imagined back on the flip side. No torturers, no lake of flames Just you and you and I with only ourselves to blame Just sitting and sitting and thinking about Believing and what do we be doing without There's no exit, no way out of Strategy is hazy, the results are too clear. There's no exit, no escape from you. And hell is other people here with nothing to do. Relating, forgetting us back there on earth. We regretting and getting on each other's nerves. I guess that's the point I wish that she would both shut up Or we had a joint We don't belong Together in this room I don't think a menage a trois Will happen too soon Not pretty, this pity I'm feeling so deep I don't think I can see Escape from you And the head is other people here with nothing to do Eternal estrangement This is our prize The final arrangement I look through your eyes And see me the product of things I have done I know I deserve this Shit, it's no fun There's no exit No way out of here All the strategies hate The results are too clear There's no exit 
No escape from you And head is at the 